This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Six oh six, get under uh, way for a Monday morning. Bob Barker passed away over the weekend. Ninety nine years old. It is, uh, I guess, apropos that he pass away at ninety nine uh, because he passes away at ninety nine without going over one hundred. <laughs> so he wins. Closest, the, the closest, closest to one hundred without going over. Absolutely. Congratulations, Bob Barker, winning again. Uh, Bob Barker, by the way, just passing away. No, no reason given as to the why he passed away. Well, you know, when you're 99, <laughs> they just assume that was a, a Larry the Cable Guy joke. He says uh, he told somebody. His, oops, sorry. Oh, sorry. He told somebody his uh, grandmother died at the age of 102, and they said, "Well, what happened?" <laughs> and he says. Oh, she wrecked her Harley up at Bike Week. (laughs) Uh, Bob Barker, uh, clear back in 2007, was asked how he'd like to be remembered. I think I would like to be remembered as a man who loved all living things and did everything that he could to make it a better world for animals. And when he had time, did a lot of television shows, too. This was his final sign-off when he retired from The Price is Right back in 2007. I want to thank you very, very much for inviting me into your home for the last 50 years. I am deeply grateful. And please remember, help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Goodbye, everybody. Once again, sad uh, Bob Barker passing away at the age of 99. Uh, you may have loved him on The Price is Right. He was also uh, started his career in Truth or Consequences. Mm-hmm. When I was a little kid, that's what he was the host of. Yeah. Um, although uh, the latest generation probably remembers him best, best for playing golf with Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah. Price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> Uh, so many many people loved him after that it was so out of character for him Mm -hmm. Um, and it was he was just awesome it was awesome so anyway passing away at the age of uh, 99 bob barker monday morning it's game week ladies and gentlemen finally seems like it's been forever as we get ready for the first game of the season for the Boise State Broncos. Now, granted, college football season got underway this past weekend in earnest with a lot of games. Uh, the Mountain West, mm, so-so. Um, San Jose State, for a half, was doing well against Vanderbilt. 21-14 at halftime, but mm-hmm. then just, uh, or I mean, sorry, USC, then just got blown out. Hawaii also hung with uh, Vanderbilt for a while before they seemed to run out of Power, shall we say it? Coconut juice? Yeah, whatever, whatever. But then they got uh, beat. San Diego State did win their game against Ohio. 
Boise State will try and uh, do the Mountain West good as they take on uh, 10th-ranked Washington this coming Saturday. You'll hear all the action on News Talk KBOI. Today is Bronco Monday. Um, normally, we would have Bronco Monday, but we have a special guest that's coming in today. So Bronco Monday is moving to Tuesday because uh, we got an agreement from Athletic Director Jeremiah Dickey to talk with us live. doesn't happen very often. We've been asking for the last three or four months. He's a very busy man. So we're going to talk with Jeremiah Dickey coming up this morning about the upcoming season. Changes made to the Albertson Stadium, the new boards, how fundraising is going, and plans for the future. Those are some of the things that we're going to be talking about this morning. Big TV. (laughs) Love to have that in my house. That would be just about right for me. <laughs> Put that in my backyard, I would be a happy camper. Mm-hmm. It's the 11th largest video board uh, for college football in the nation. Didn't quite That's make cool. the top 10. Maybe next year. It is pretty cool. So they're going to make it larger next year? I don't know. Hopefully, so. maybe one of the others will drop out of the top 10 and Boise can move into the top 10. So we'll be talking. Uh, that'll be coming out about 835 this morning. Uh, other things we're uh, talking about this morning, Ammon Bundy is due back in court again. It's Groundhog Day again. He's due back in court today, and then he's going to be due back in court again tomorrow. A judge has uh, ordered Ammon Bundy to stop posting defamatory statements about St. Luke's. Boy, judges are just ordering everybody to do that. I know. Isn't that crazy? So um, he'll be due back in court coming up today on one of the rulings, and then he'll be going back to court again tomorrow. We'll tell you about those uh, coming up here in just a little bit. Also, how'd you like the uh, thunderstorm, the surprise thunderstorm on Saturday night? The uh, the lightning was quite spectacular. Wasn't that crazy? Uh, kind of quiet. Yeah. There was no thunder. Yeah. Very little thunder. Just bam, 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 bam. The, the flashes never quit for over we, an hour. We, we decided that uh, the uh, Thunderbirds had broken the sky in some way. <laughs> um, I've seen thunderstorms like that before, mm-hmm. but usually I'm in an airplane when I see those. I see them from up above the clouds where it's just continuous flashes going on all across, right. but uh, that's what that's kind of what this was. Continuous flashes. Most of the clouds, uh, the lightning was going from cloud to cloud. However, the National Weather Service did report 78 strikes to the ground during that storm. Here's, here's what's interesting. I uh, was on Facebook when all that was going on, and one by one, 40 different people posted uh, of video, video. Of, of the uh, <laughs> after a while it was like okay i this know is, what it looks like now. don't <laughs> have to go outside same as what i saw the last 10 minutes but we did go outside and check it out um the and other it started thing, to rain so we went back inside the other thing uh do you know how much rain we got no national weather service official measuring bucket caught 1.46 inches of rain during that one-hour storm. That's pretty good for around here. Well, that's not even close to the amount that got recorded in some other areas. As much as 2.4 inches fell in some places in the uh, Treasure Valley during that one-hour storm, which, by the way, is enough water to officially make this the rainiest August in Boise's recorded history. Serious. Yeah. Storm coupled with the recent rain from the remnants of uh, post-tropical cyclone Hillary brought the month's total to 2.5 inches, 2.5 inches, 
Previous record was 2.37 inches back in August of 1968. By the way, we still have another day, and the reason I bring that up is because another storm is expected tomorrow as we get a cold front coming in. Yeah, there's three more days of August left. Yeah, so it could be added on to that. Um, Just to give you an idea, four-tenths of an inches of rain fell in just nine minutes, according to the National Weather Service. So that, I mean, that's coming down. Uh, Experts expect, uh, as you heard in the weather, about 100 degrees today, and then cold fronts with uh, another storm coming tomorrow, and then beginning on Wednesdays, we could see temperatures dip to the low 70s with windy conditions here in the Treasure Valley. I know it sounds so weird. It'll be 100 degrees until the cold front hit. (laughs) Right now, it's 65 degrees in downtown Boise. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. we got some more winning coming your way coming up this morning. We'll tell you about that when we come back right now, though it's time for a check of what's going on with sports. With Chris, it's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, opening up at 7 o'clock as they do every Monday morning and every day at this same time, 7 to 2, Pork Belly in downtown Cuna. Something you would already know if you follow Mike Casper on Facebook. Uh, in Major League Baseball. <laughs> so happy. The Seattle Mariners are in first place in the American League West Division following a 3-2 victory over Kansas City on Sunday. That marked a three-game sweep uh, over the Royals, and it was Seattle's 11th win in the past 12 games. The last time the Mariners were in sole possession of first place in the division during the final week of August was 20 years ago <laughs> in 2003. Seattle now has the fifth-best record in the major leagues this season, following Atlanta, Baltimore, the Dodgers, and Tampa Bay. By the way, they have the best record since July 1st, 36 and 14. Yes, they do. And? 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 They're in first place all by their lonesome. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Brett Bronson is a native of Kimberly, Idaho. Bronson is a sprinter. In uh, track and field, he runs the 100, 200, and 400-meter races. Bronson spent uh, a season with the Idaho State track team in 2021-2022, but he has now decided to transfer to Boise State. He sat out last year, but in the spring of 2022, Bronson finished ninth in the 400 at the Big Sky Conference meet. He won the 400 at the Snake River College Open in a time of 49 seconds. The Boise State men's track and field and cross-country team has 11 new athletes this season. The women's team has added 15. That's sports. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 623 phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through to us this morning, you can also email us, Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. The uh, state's first reported West Nile virus-related death has happened in Owyhee County. First person who died was uh, male over the age of 50. That's all we know so far. Idaho Department of Health and Welfare told the Idaho press his infection is one of five in humans across the state right now. And, and that's spread by mosquitoes, right? Yeah, the yeah. only one in Owyhee uh, County. So, yeah, typically transferred through mosquitoes, and uh, it can take three to 14 days for clinical signs to appear. Uh, according to John Ho- Johns Hopkins University, people infected with West, Vile, West Nile virus will experience mild flu-like symptoms. Once infected, only close to 20% of people will develop West Nile fever. 
So, I mean, it's... It, but it, that is one out of every five. Yeah, one out of every five. And then, uh, you know, it's it's very rare uh, that somebody dies from it, but it does happen and has happened previously in the uh, state. Uh, West Nile equine virus is also going through Canyon County right now. Horses infected uh, in that area. So add that on to the uh, flu season, upcoming flu season and uh, COVID season. Uh, COVID apparently now is uh, running. I know half a dozen people who have uh, been confirmed to have COVID within the last couple of weeks. Like people that I know personally. Yeah, we have uh, several family members in the state of Virginia who have it right now. Virginia, yeah. These are these are all in Idaho. One one person went fishing in Alaska and and caught his limit of uh, COVID while in Alaska. What a shame. That's funny when I said that. When I saw, hey, I heard you had fun in Alaska. He goes, yeah, fishing was awesome. I go, I heard you caught your limit of COVID. <laughs> he laughed just like you did. Mm, also caught a whole bunch of halibut and salmon. So It's good he can still laugh about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he, was, he, was, he said it was sick for a few days. The other thing that uh, I am noticing, by the way, and this is coming from two different people who have had COVID multiple times. One of them has had COVID, confirmed COVID four times. Wow since um and both of them have said that have had the covid multiple times that now that each time it seems to be getting less and less now i don't the the by the way the symptoms and how they feel i don't know if that is because the virus isn't as bad now or if the fact that they've had it multiple times means your body reacts to it differently i don't know but it is kind of encouraging to know if you've had it multiple times that they they said they didn't get as sick as for instance they did the very first time that they had it where they were you know basically in bed for a week this time it's like you know they felt bad for a day and then they were fine KBY News Time is 626, as mentioned. Our phone lines are open, uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through. Uh, you can also email us. Uh, coming up, we've got some winning to do this morning, another concert coming your way after the amazing, from what I hear, concerts that happened in the Treasure Valley over the weekend. We'll uh, tell you all the details on how you can win and uh, who that band is. A lot of you are going to have uh, a lot of uh, interest in going to this because uh, they've got a lot of hits. We'll tell you about it coming up. Don't go away. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Chicago, one of their big hits, 25 or 6 to 4. Why am I uh, playing Chicago? Because you have a chance to hear that song plus all their other hits coming up on September 3rd. They're going to be in town, and we have your tickets coming up all this week. Chance for you to win coming up here this morning. Keep listening in. We'll give you a chance to text and win once again if you want to see Chicago, 25 or 6 to 4. We did an interview at a radio station with Chicago one time. And I could never understand what that name of that song uh, meant, 25 or 6 to 4. Mm-hmm. You ever hear this story? 
No, never have. So uh, apparently they'd stayed up. You heard that first line, you know, break of dawn, right. being up till the break of dawn. Apparently they were all sitting around trying to uh, write a song. And that song ended up being this particular song. And throughout the night, they, they just couldn't get it to all come together. They were drinking, and they were wasted. And they were tired. <laughs> and I'm surprised they couldn't get it to come together. when <laughs> some, some person, one of the band members, looked up and, at the clock and said, Is it 25 or is it 6 to 4? <laughs> and... They, so they, 25 or 26 or, to 4. Uh, 25 or 6 to 4. He couldn't tell the difference. He was so oh. wasted, he couldn't tell the difference. It was 25 minutes to 4 or 6 minutes to 4. Um, and that's how the name of the uh, song and the song came about. So, figured, I always figured doesn't make sense until 20, you hear that story. I always figured 25 or 6 meant 25 or 26. No. <laughs> that's how wasted they were. It was uh-huh. 25 minutes or 6 minutes to 4. They couldn't. They were, that's how far off they were. Mm. We'll have tickets for you to win. Once again, keep listening here this morning. Uh, we also have for you, for a Casper and Chris damn near impossible question, very popular $50 gift certificate for food from Land Ocean. That'll be coming up here in about 15 uh, minutes or so. We'll let you start working on that chance to win coming up after 8 o'clock once again today. Uh, as we get underway for your Monday morning, uh, futures on the stock market are looking pretty good. The Dow futures are up 160 points as of right now. Um, and across the board, we see a lot of green up there. Um, the NASDAQ, Standard & Poor, all up. We'll be talking with Jeremiah Bates on the way coming up here in about half an hour about what, uh, what we have to look forward to coming up this week, what could be driving the markets. Uh, another thing we'll be talking about coming up tomorrow, Election Day. For some of you, not everybody, um, but there are some districts uh, here in the Treasure Valley, closest one, Valley View School District, has a supplemental levy uh, going on tomorrow. Um, just needs a simple majority to pass district-wide enhancement programs, transportation, classroom curriculum, salaries, benefits, uh, technology devices, and support. Uh, they are looking for a total of $14 million, $7 million per year for two years. Just as I said, need a simple majority to pass tomorrow. Estimated average annual cost to taxpayers living in the Valley View School District. $76 per $100,000 of taxable assessed value. So you can figure that out for yourself. It's not quite as bad as that sounds because the levy would uh, replace an existing levy that expires on June 24th of next year and currently cost $49 per $100,000 of of taxable assessed value. That goes away, and this would take its place. So in actuality, it's about $27 per $100,000. So um, sounds a little bit better than $76 per $100,000. But anyway, you'll be going to the polls. And remember, don't get a big turnout, especially this time of year, um, for bonds and levies, this is just one of the uh, five areas of the state we'll have a, that we'll be having votes. We'll tell you more about that coming up. But um, if you're going to vote, uh, make sure to check out your polling precincts. It's too late to vote uh, now. If you wanted to vote absentee, that ended up uh, a week ago. But check out where your polling places will be and then vote because you can't bitch if you don't vote, right? KBY mm. News Time. No, well, I, I mean you can. I've, I've known people who could, regardless. <laughs> 6.45, time for another check on what's going on with sports this morning. Brought to you by Pork Belly and Kina, opening up in 15 minutes. Don't forget, they got the coffee drive through Now, you can't order 
your breakfast at the coffee drive through However, you can call in your order and pick up your breakfast through the drive through if you don't want to get out of your car. So it's a great way to get a uh, quick bite to eat on your way to work. Check it out today at Pork Belly in Cuna. El Segundo, California, is the 2023 Little League World Series champion. Sunday, the West Region champions defeated Curacao 6-5 to on a walk-off home run by Louis Lappy. It was Lappy's fifth homer of the tournament. This is the fifth consecutive win for an American team at the Little League World Series. The U.S. has won 39 times in the 77 years of the series. That's more than anyone else. Taiwan is second with 19 titles. Japan has 11. El Segundo had six wins and one loss in the tournament in 12 days. Teams from California have won the Little League World Series eight times. You want to hear the uh, audio of the walk-off home run? It's pretty. It's pretty cool. Sure. Oh, hold on here. I got to get rid of. I got to get rid Boston. of Boston's playing for some reason. Uh-huh. Uh, take a listen. This is the walk-off home run. Curacao has not allowed a home run at the World Series. Challenged it, and this game is over. Lewis Lappy does it again. California, your Little League World Series champs on a walk-off home run. There you go. Lewis Lappy's a big, big kid, dude. He's Haven't about, allowed a home run. Oh, there it goes. He's about what, twelve years old? He's six-one. Uh, I, I I think if you check his uh, driver's license, yeah. he's twenty-two. <laughs> Just kidding. Ask his wife. <laughs> That's sports. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. to sell t-shirts, bumper stickers, coffee mugs, and even beer koozies. They're calling it the Never Surrender Collection. Trump also posted a fundraising message on his campaign website, paired with the county jail booking photo underneath. That note ending with a plea for contribution from his supporters. But that's not all. His son, Donald Trump Jr., is also separately selling Trump mugshot merch, calling his swag the Free Trump Collection. Take a guess on uh, how much money that uh, Trump has raised, his campaign has raised, uh, since he turned himself in in Georgia. Uh, I'm going to guess it's up in the millions somewhere. Mm-hmm. How many? $7.1 million. That's this is uh, as of yesterday afternoon. Pretty good change. $7.1 million <laughs> raised uh, for campaign contributions as of yesterday afternoon from the time he turned himself in in Georgia. Selling stuff that has the, the mugshot on yeah. it? Yeah, well, not that's not exclusively it, but he's made a lot of money um, just on that, which a little bit brilliant um, because you knew the mugshots were going to be used, but if you take control over the uh, context and post your own pictures of uh, mugshots, kind of takes away from the people that were going to go, oh, look, here's our first criminal president. And, oh, wait, he already posted this? Matter of fact, it was his first post on X, formerly known as Twitter, in two years. That's the first thing he has posted on Twitter in two years was his mugshot. That's true. Yeah, he hasn't been on it in a long time. Well, I mean, he was kicked off originally. Mm-hmm. Then they then allowed he, then him back on, but then he's welcomed back by been on Truth Social. So he's just been doing that. But Elon Musk, he the, he did post his mugshot 
on Truth Social and on uh, X, mm-hmm. formerly known as uh, Twitter. By the way, uh, polls are out. Washington Post poll found that the main competitor to the front runner in the GOP primary campaign won the Fox News debate on Wednesday night. Two others made significant gains. Results reported by the Washington Post after the debates that former President Donald Trump chose not to attend. Of the eight Republicans who took the stage, 29% of the respondents to the Washington poll Washington Post poll said that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was the clear winner. Really? Yep. Close second was entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, who won 27%. Third place, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, who got the support of 15% of the respondents. Only 7% said former President Mike Pence won the debate, while none of the other four candidates received uh, over 4% of the support. Support for Haley's presidential campaign grew the most as a result of her debate performance prior to the debate. 29% of Republicans said that they were considering voting for her. Post-debate, that jumped to 46% that were considering voting for her. First time I've heard anybody say that uh, the DeSantis, they thought, was the winner. Yeah, this is uh, directly from a poll from the Washington Post. Overall, DeSantis still has the most support of all Republicans. When they were asked if they were considering voting for him, 67% said they were considering voting for DeSantis after the debate, while 61% said that they were considering voting for Trump after the debate. Now, in the grand scheme of things, this doesn't mean that all of a sudden DeSantis has picked up enough support to go from 40 points behind to ahead. This just is asking about thinking about voting for one or the other. Not so not voters, actual possible sur- voters saying they will vote for one or will vote for the they other. They surveyed people who probably won't do anything, might stay home, don't really care, yeah, yeah. and asked them. Uh, there was a meaningless debate the other night. Uh, who do you think won that thing? Yeah, it's basically just on the debate. It's not... Um, Republican voters, likely voters, uh, it's just people who watched the debate and what they thought about the debate. We'll get more polling out probably within the next couple of weeks now that was, uh, Trump has turned himself in to see if there is any change in how that. strong his support is. I was wondering why they never call me for these polls, and then it occurred to me they probably do. Yeah, I was going to say they do probably. if they call me from a number I don't know... <laughs> I just don't answer the phone, and if they don't leave a message, I just don't call them back. I've watched you numerous times uh, hit don't answer on your phone when the phone rings. It's like, who's that? Uh, who knows? Well, at one time, you remember I got a spoof call, but uh, it said it was coming from Nez Perce, Idaho, and you said, oh, get that. I yeah, probably know them. I probably know them. And, and he didn't even answer that one. It even, wasn't really from Nez Perce. Even though it could have been somebody that I know. They, they have a lot of uh, calls that purport to come in from like paris idaho and harvard idaho and and bliss idaho and i didn't even know we had a paris idaho yeah well, bliss i knew it's not very big some of these harvard i didn't know. unincorporated type places I lived here forever and who knows i've been to harvard i've also been to paris <laughs> really yeah idaho and, you heard and, of those places no and, not really and bear lake if you care 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, we are going to talk a little bit 
started talking about this uh, somewhat on Friday during Open Phones Friday. Um, we we talked about the new COVID variant that uh, is uh, hitting now. Um, we also talked about uh, people and their belief on uh, watching sewer systems because that's where the variant and people that right. are infected with COVID, it starts to show up there before it shows up in the hospital. Um, there's a new mask study that has been uh, published that we're going to talk about uh, this morning. Uh, not whether or not the N95 masks work or not, but apparently, uh, even though they might work better than co- than cloth masks, just or or putting a bandana over your face, um, there could be uh, risks as toxic compound, uh, compounds linked to seizures and cancer. According to this this new study, could throw a lot oh, of cold water on uh, using N95 that's, masks. That's just fantastic news, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that coming up here for you this morning. Uh, also, a study about uh, COVID, other other things that it could affect health wise for you, um, based on the number of people who got COVID and then uh, later found this kind of serious side effect uh, and it's high blood pressure and the number of people that after getting infected with covid uh at some point start to see a higher blood pressure than they would had they not got infected with covid um just one of those side effects we'll talk a little bit more about that as we come up here plus um for those of you (laughs) this is so weird we talked about this last week uh, about the conspiracy theories uh, in the Maui fires. And now, apparently, uh, one of the conspiracy fear- theories is that anything that's colored blue didn't burn up. So blue cars didn't blue- burn up. If a house had a blue roof, it didn't burn up. Why do I feel like that isn't true? Uh, exactly. Um, now, there's pictures, like like somebody showed a picture of all the cars that were burned up, and there was one blue one. That wasn't burnt. I mean, it wasn't yeah. burnt to a crisp like the others. It was the, still uh, burned. The ocean's blue. It didn't burn up. Who cares? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. The ocean's blue. It didn't burn up. Um, however, they do know what specifically sparked the fires. We'll tell you what that is. Um, by the way, it wasn't lasers from outer space. Um, something more innocuous. It wasn't, it wasn't heat, fuel, and oxygen that came together. That, to, well, it, that that wasn't the spark that started it. Uh, that, you know, with the heat, fuel, wind, and everything, that, that caused the fires to maybe be more dangerous. However, uh, they do think that they know exactly what was the whole start of the fires. And then, of course, everything else came together. The dryness, you know, the huge winds from the hurricane 500 miles away. All that uh, added to it, but uh, we'll tell you a little these, bit about what of, that is coming up. One of these days, somebody's going to say, you know, we have space lasers. They just malfunction all the time. 7.15, let's we get a quick we check. can't get them to work correctly. On sports, brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Get in today. Uh, they're open. They open up every day, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Check their menu out before you head out if you want to get uh, in the mood for your breakfast or lunch. Theporkbellyidaho.com. The Boise State women's soccer team on Saturday night lost a home match to number 11 BYU 4-1. to It was Boise State's first home night soccer game ever and the first at the Boaz Tennis Center under the newly installed lights. A sellout crowd of 1,620 saw the game. BSU or BYU, that is, is the first visiting top 10 team or top 25 team to play in Boise in 11 years. 
The Cougars have made the NCAA tournament in soccer 10 out of the past 11 seasons and played in the national championship game in 2021. Five months ago, the Chicago Bears signed former Carolina backup quarterback P.J. Walker to a two-year contract with $2 million guaranteed. The plan was for Walker to back up Bears starter Justin Fields. Now, Walker has been released by the Bears ahead of the team's home opener against the Packers September 10th. That leaves the top reserve job to undrafted rookie Tyson Bajent, who played college football for the Division II Shepherd University Rams from Shepherdstown, West Virginia. Bajent threw 100 career touchdown passes in college and won the 2021 Harlow Hill Trophy, Division II's equivalent of the Heisman Trophy. Also among NFL roster cuts in the past week, former Boise State linebacker Curtis Weaver was waived by the Minnesota Vikings. That's sports. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Everybody needs a little time away I've heard a say From each other Even lovers need a holiday Far away from each other Ooh, That is uh, Chicago a song that could have made it to number one, unfortunately peaked at number two, because Michael Jackson, it was it was the year of Michael Jackson, uh. where he had ten number one hits from his album, and uh, got held out. He held out a few uh, artists from hitting number one that year. Chicago was one of them. This was just one of their big, big hits. They're going to be here coming up here on Sunday night. You have a chance to go see Chicago. They're going to be at the Idaho Botanical Gardens. Um, so, once again, Outlaw Field, Idaho Botanical Gardens, 7 p.m. on Sunday night, this Sunday night. Would you like to go? Your chance right now. If you want to start texting us, text the word Chicago. That's it. 208-336-3700. That's all you have to do. Just text the word Chicago, and then over the next hour, everybody who texts in will be in on the grand prize drawing. It's that easy. You don't you don't have to know any stupid answers to any stupid questions. You don't have to get on the phone. Just text us at your leisure, and then one person will be chosen at random to get a pair of tickets to uh, just, Chicago. Just for existing and, of course, also texting, mm-hmm. you can win. And once again, a whole bunch of hits. You're going to hear a whole bunch of hits. Once again, Sunday night, Idaho Botanical Garden, Outlaw Field, your chance to win. Text right now, once again, Chicago to 208-336-3700 to win. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 742, uh, Dow is up 261 points, so uh, a little over 100 points better uh, ahead of what the futures showed just a little bit ago. Officially open as of right now, NASDAQ is up 83, Standard & Poor is up um, basically green across the board. You don't very, ah, I take that back, silver is down two cents, so there is a little bit of red up there. But you don't very often so the see reds, it across the board. The red's on the silver, but uh, all the green is gold? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah exactly it i think i'm getting the hang of this 
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless and email, uh, rather a text message in this morning. Uh, if Trump was so willing to lie about something as insignificant as his height and weight or crowd size, why wouldn't you lie about much more important things? The bar is lowered so much for somebody who wants to be our president that they can be a blatant liar, indicted by multiple jurisdictions, found liable for sexual assault, and there's people who still think that that person should be running for president. We're living in an insane asylum. To be fair, I have known people uh, who will, you know, lie about their weight. Just I'm trying e- to think easily. Of, I mean, you yeah, know, I, I'm trying to think of anybody who doesn't lie about their, weight. about their weight, and yet they probably wouldn't tell you <laughs> any other kind of lie. Yeah, um, you know, you can say that about both leading candidates. Is it any different than Joe Biden lying about graduating at the top of his class, receiving a full-ride scholarship for law school, committing plagiarism that basically caused him to resign from the uh, race back in 1987? Even more currently, how about lying about never talking to his son about business, which was found now to be totally untrue, and even... They've changed their context about how they talk about it. It's like, well, I, I, we talked, but we never made, I never made, made money with my son. So, I mean, you can say that about both things. Should either one of them? Uh, that could be probably why so many Democrats don't want to see Biden running and so many Republicans don't want, want to see Trump running. That could both go into, you have two candidates here who are the leading candidates but a large majority of people in their own party don't want to see them run for president. And then there's even more that don't want to see the two of them running against each other for president. Of course, some of that's just, you know, because they're old. That goes into it, too. I mean, we complain about Biden is 80 years old right now, be 86 if he won the uh, the election by the time he left office. Trump isn't very far behind. What is he, 70? No, he would be in his 80s leaving he, office. Yeah, too. he's he's uh, 76 now. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah, so he'd be 77. So he'd be 81 by the time he left. He'd be, he'd be one year older than what Joe Biden is right now, and some people don't think Joe Biden is all there right now. So, yeah, I think age is also a problem oh, for both of them. Trump... Uh... Trump turned 77 back in June. Okay, so he'd be 82. Two years older than what Biden is right now. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Time for our final check on sports once again this morning. It's brought to you by Bork, Pork Belly in uh, CUNA, the place to go if you are hungry because not only is it delicious, uh, but you also get a lot of food, homemade sausage gravy made daily, in-house smoked smoked pork belly, pulled pork, and a whole lot more. Check it out for yourself. They are open as they are every day, 7 until 2. Boise State's women's volleyball team opened the season Friday night with a 3 nothing sweep of Idaho State before a crowd of 1,397 at Bronco Gym. The first two sets were won by double figures, 25-14 and 25-15, and the third was a tight 32-30 victory. Paige Barch recorded a team-high 21 kills, Noelani Helm led with 26 assists. Then on Sunday, the teams met again, this time in Pocatello. And the result was the same, a 3-0 sweep for Boise State. Barch again led the Broncos with 24 kills, and Helm recorded the team's first double-double of the year with 22 assists and 10 digs. 
in Major League Baseball, the Seattle Mariners are in first place in the American League West Woo-hoo! Division following a 3-2 victory over Kansas City on Sunday. That marked a three-game sweep over the Royals, and it was Seattle's 11th win in the past 12 games. The last time the Mariners were in sole possession of first place in the division during the final week of August was 20 years ago in oh, 2003. Stop it was 2003. Stop rubbing it in. 20 years ago. <laughs> Seattle now has the fifth best record in the major leagues this season, following Atlanta, Baltimore, the Dodgers, and Tampa Bay. That's sports. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The CDC says a new COVID-19 booster should be available to millions of Americans in just a few weeks. President Biden today requesting additional funding. We'll let you be recommended that everybody get it, no matter what they got before. Spikes in cases already spoiling the start of the school year for at least two districts in Texas and Kentucky, temporarily closing this week or moving to remote learning. And mask mandates returning where infections are clustered. Somebody has to explain this to me. I heard this story over the weekend about uh, how President Biden is going to be asking Congress for more money to uh, give to the pharmaceutical companies so that they will make uh, more COVID boosters. So this is where I need some explanation. We have already given billions and billions of dollars to the pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson to get and rush COVID vaccines. I get that. All right. You, you did that. We got the COVID vaccines rushed. They cleared up red tape and whatnot. And now over the last couple of years, those pharmaceutical companies have made tens and hundreds of billions of dollars from selling that. And a lot of that money is paid to them by the federal government so that the COVID vaccines can be free to all Americans. All right, totally get that. So what you're saying is invest in pharmaceuticals. Well, if you want to make money, apparently. What I don't understand, here's the part I don't understand. Somebody's going to have to explain this to me. After making hundreds of billions of dollars in profits, and the pharmaceutical companies have gone through the roof on the stock market since all this COVID happened, why are we going and asking for more taxpayer money to be paid to these pharmaceutical companies after they've made hundreds of billions of dollars in profit in the first round. Why are we getting even more money? It should be the standard of, look, we helped you get this off the ground. You've made hundreds of billions of dollars in profit. Now you must get these COVID boosters done so that we can get it for the people who believe in it. I, I'm not, this isn't about whether or not you believe COVID boosters work or not. I just don't understand why more taxpayer dollars goes to these pharmaceutical companies after we've already given them hundreds of billions of dollars to get the COVID vaccine just to get another booster. You've got profits. Now invest those profits into getting the boosters. That's what that somebody has to explain that to me. I don't get explain it. government waste. Let's explain see. explain that to me. Once upon a time <laughs> there were a bunch of guys who didn't want to pay taxes to King George the Third. And so they thought, hey, we don't mind paying taxes, but we'd like to pay it to ourselves. So they created a federal government, 
And it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Thanks for that explanation. You're going to have to do a better job because I still don't get it. And per, well, hang on. And pretty soon, I'll, I'll just I'll just cut to the chase here. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon they had more money than they knew what to do with, so they didn't do anything good with it. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break here. Uh, when we come back, if you haven't heard our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question, we'll give that to you. $50 gift certificate coming up today, once again, for Land Ocean. And don't forget, Chicago. You want to see the band Chicago? They're going to be in town Sunday night. Once again, Outlaw Fields, uh, Idaho Botanical Garden. Great place to see a concert. It's free. All you have to do is text Chicago. The word Chicago. One word to 208 336 you got about 45 more minutes. We'll pick one person at random from all of those texts to get those free Chicago concert tickets. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The CDC tracks a new Omicron subvariant called BA286. So far, there have been just a handful of confirmed cases of the variant worldwide, including at least two here in the U.S. And officials say it appears current testing and medications work against it. Still, President Biden signing off on a proposal to request additional funding from Congress for an updated COVID shot. Officials say the booster should be available by mid-September. The CDC urging everyone to get it. Why? Somebody explain it to me. Why are we asking for more taxpayer dollars for COVID boosters to give to pharmaceutical companies who have now made hundreds of millions, maybe even billions of dollars in profit from the first round of taxpayer dollars given to develop? the vaccines i get that you got him to say hey look here's taxpayer dollars you probably aren't going to do this on your own we'll help you get through it we need the vaccines Mm -hmm. quickly here's taxpayer dollars to develop we'll go in together we'll help you Mm -hmm. i get that part don't have a problem with that however now now that you've jump-started that industry and they've made billions of dollars why are you asking taxpayers to pay more instead of the pharmaceutical companies taking some of their profit and developing a new COVID booster. That's the part I don't get. Maybe they are taking some of their profits to develop a new COVID booster, but the uh, government wants it to go much faster, so they figured the way to do that is to throw money at it. They've got hundreds of billions of dollars they've made from it in profit, not, not just money that goes against it's pure profit because it's, the government it's not paid hu- it's not hundreds of billions is it yeah between all the companies mm. that have made yeah i mean we're not just talking one pharmaceutical company here true they got paid money by the government to develop it and like i said i don't have a problem with that they needed the help they didn't know where they were going here's some money develop it now you're you're making so much money and profit on that and and you can see the profit that is made by seeing the increase over the past two years at pharmaceutical companies that have the covid vaccine that receive money from the federal government what their stock price has done ron in melba good morning you're on news talk kboi hi there okay here's the the deal you're saying why should we actually the whole point is why does uh Biden and the Democratic Party want to do it because they need a political issue and they don't care how much money they spend to do it. 
And and second of all, they need to keep the COVID vaccine going in order to keep up their reputation. I mean, they did the wrong thing if it stopped. And if they make the insurance companies pay for it instead of the federal government, then you're going to have, you know, people who aren't paid by the government deciding whether or not we're going to cover this. And they're going to look at it and say, this is experimental. We aren't going to cover it. Okay. Possibility, too. Yeah. And so the whole thing is political, just like always. I I have, and I don't believe this, by the way. Thank you for the call, Ron. I don't believe this, by the way. I, I, I saw somebody posting the other day that the reason why we're seeing more COVID as of right now isn't because it's actually happening, but they said we have to bring this back so that for the next election in 2024, they can have COVID election policies back in place like they did in 2020. So they think this really is 100% political that they're bringing COVID back just so that they can go uh, and you don't have to, you can't vote in person in the 2024 election. I don't believe that. Does sound a little on the far-fetched side, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. By the way, I apologize. It wasn't as of yet, at least as of February of this year. It could be up to $100 billion now. Okay. Uh, Big Pharma, as of February of this year, Pfizer, Biotech, Moderna, uh, Sinovac, Johnson & Johnson, $90 billion in profits as of okay. February. So it could be $100 billion right now, but as of February, it was only 90 billion dollars in profit well see that's why they need the subsidy exactly <laughs> they they've only made 90 billion I mean. wait a minute my you're gonna make my my company that i've invested in and bought stock in pay for the more covid vaccines yes not not yes. from the yes, taxpayer dollars this is bs ben in boise good morning listening on 670 a.m you're on news talk gave you why morning how are you good got I'm about a minute here the guys I want to echo what the guy said previously. Um, plus, the whole point is they want the votes and they want control, just like the illegals. They so they really don't so you're one of the people, people that believe that they're doing this because mm-hmm. of the election coming up in 2024. Yep. Have you talked Power to any of the? Have you talked to any of the Democrats? No, can't find one. <laughs> Well, I think I think they're here. It'd be harder to find it in, in Idaho than most places, but you know they are here. Thank you for the call. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wires. Uh, we'll talk more about this after nine o'clock this morning. Uh, coming up here, we've got our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question on the way after news at the bottom of the hour. Jeremiah Dickey, don't get a very get him to agree to be on with us very often. He's a very busy man. He's the athletic director for Boise State University. He will be in with us today talking about the upcoming football season, basketball season, changes made to Albertson Stadium, what we can look forward to this year, fundraising, all that and a whole lot more coming up here in about 20 minutes. We'll take a break. Uh, today, also the first day for Bronco Sports Today. Stay tuned. Coming back, we'll have a chance for you to get that $50 gift certificate to Land Ocean with the Casper and Chris damn near impossible question.
Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 822, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. It is once again brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Wanted to make sense of this market? They can help you out. Cut through the clutter. 208-888-4128. Call today. All right. $50 gift certificate to Land Ocean. Yours, if you can answer our question today. And Kathy is going to get first crack at it. Kathy, the U.S. military originally supported the movie Independence Day starring Will Smith. Even offered military costumes and props. That is, until the makers of the film refused to do this one thing. When the film refused, the military pulled all their support. What was that one thing they refused to do? To remove reference of Area 51. To eliminate any and all mentions of Area 51. That is correct. 100% correct. Yes, the military withdrew all support uh, when they wouldn't do that. And, of course, if you've watched the movie... Area 51. Yeah. <laughs> kind part, of, part kind of, of the crux of the movie. Part of it takes place at Area 51. The The plot has to do with Area 51. So congratulations, Kathy. You're our first winner of the $50 gift certificate this week to Land Ocean. Stay on the line. We'll get some info from you. Don't worry if you didn't have a chance to win. Still, all week long, we're going to give those away for our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Land Ocean, of course, on uh, Eagle Road. Still going on right now. You want to see Chicago? They're going to be in town, Idaho Botanical Garden, on Sunday night. Don't worry. You have Monday off anyway. It's Labor Day, so uh, you you can go to the concert and sleep in on Monday. If you want to win the tickets, all you have to do is text the word Chicago. That's it. Nothing more. You've got about another 15, 20 minutes or so to get that text in. Everybody who texts in the word Chicago will be in on the grand prize drawing. We'll pick one from random, from random, and you will get the tickets for Sunday night's concert at the Idaho Botanical Garden. Meanwhile, stick around. We've got news coming up here next. Bob Beeler will be with us. Normally, we would have Bronco Monday this week, but we have a special guest. Uh, Jeremiah Dickey, athletic director from Boise State University, has agreed to be on with us. So we're moving Bronco Monday to Tuesday, and Jeremiah Dickey will be on with us. We will be talking some about football, but also about what uh, he has planned and what the university has planned in just other sports also going on at Boise State University. Jeremiah Dickey live with us next here on News Talk KBOI. This is Bronco Monday. The ball is caught for a Bronco touchdown. We'll discuss the most recent Boise State game and discuss the upcoming schedule. Now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob, Bob Beeler, on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk KBOI. 835, uh, this is a special edition of Bronco Monday. We're not going to be talking specifically about the upcoming game, and there has been no past games. <laughs> However, we have a special guest with us. We don't very often get a talk with him, and just glad to have him back on the show. Athletic Director for Boise State University, Jeremiah Dickey, is with us today. Welcome, Jeremiah. How are you this morning? I'm great. Good morning, guys. Well, we're great. It's football week, so what are you looking most forward to in your third season as athletic director? Well, in general, it's nice to get back to competition. You know, you guys you guys hear it all the time. I mean, the seasons don't necessarily end, but the games do. 
Um, we go right from the fall into recruiting and, and spring ball, and then summer. You know, we have all our guys here, and and so I'm just really excited to get back to 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 a game and and to, to be able to compete. Um, it's been really cool to see you know how our guys are are, are working hard and, and really embracing the process, and and I'm so grateful for Andy and this staff. You know, you can see. Uh, the growth and, and you know, and, and that's all I can ask for. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for this weekend. Now, Jeremiah, uh, we've we've seen one of the uh, big changes and additions to uh, the game experience for fans this year, and that is a giant, huge television that I would dearly love to have in my backyard. Um, uh, <laughs> well, um, can you take us through uh, some of the other changes for fan experience? I know we're still a little ways away from the uh, first home game, but take us uh, through some of the other changes that are going to be a change for the fan experience this year for Boise State football. You know, I think we're always looking to, to refine, you know, what we've done the previous season. I, I believe I've said it, you know, and been very public about it. The fan experience is a priority for us. And, you know, we're never a finished product, you know, with technology and, and the upgrades that, that you see others do. We're always looking to to, to make the changes that, that our fans would appreciate and, and potentially drive them, you know, uh, to our events. And, and understanding six games, six sellouts is still an expectation and, um, so when you look at the two new video boards, you look at Albertson Stadium lights, and we just got done testing those over the weekend. They look amazing. Um, you know, we're also upgrading some of our food options and, and trying to create a, a better ingress, egress in, in and out of the stadium and, you know, things that, that maybe um, people don't necessarily recognize, but they will when, when they don't necessarily have to wait in a line as long as, as previous seasons. We also upgraded um, a lot of our technology at the gates. And so, um, you know, we, we've gotten a lot of feedback on lines and, and fully understand that, that that's a, an annoyance. And, and But when you have 36,000-plus people at your events and, and your stadium technically isn't built for that many people on a regular basis, um, we are working to get people in and out of the stadium much quicker. And, and I think that impacts the fan experience. And, and, uh, and, and I'm excited, uh, you know, to see some of these things go into, you know, be implemented. And, and I'm really excited for our fans to see how they embrace it and, and really proud of our team for the work they've done this summer. Do you feel like the State Board of Education has a similar vision that you do for uh, our Boise State football stadium? Um, I, that's a good question. You know, uh, they've been great in terms of helping me navigate some of these projects and, and understanding the process is the process. Um, their job is to oversee, you know, uh, K through college and, and higher education in general. And, and so uh, I think they do a, a good job of, of staying neutral in terms of what's best for each of the institutions. And, it's, and they really take the lead from someone like me as the leader of a department and you know, I, I do think that, that you know, we're not a finished product. We're always going to have to do more, and, and that's just who we are, and, and that's something that I think many have embraced, and my job is to tell that story and, and lay out that vision and, and get people excited for it, and it's not easy, and, and you know, uh, but nothing is, nothing is easy that's, that's worth accomplishing. Right. And so it, it really excites me when when I'm told, you know, oh, we can't do something, you know, whether it's it's at Albertson Stadium or soccer lights. And, and then you find a solution and, and you in, and you define a path forward and you're able to 
to do something epic. And, and I, I really believe that we have a lot of low-hanging fruit. When you look at our Albertson Stadium, it's been pieced together over the course of time. A lot of stadiums. We are not an outlier in that. A lot of stadiums have been done that way. Um, so every upgrade we have is, is trying to create a, a, a much better experience, and, and I think people see that. And the more people we get in and the more people we have telling our story and, and why it matters, um, you know, I think the more success we're going to have in doing it. Jeremiah Dickey, Boise State Athletic Director, joining us on Bronco Monday here on 670 KBOI. Uh, Jeremiah, looking at uh, ticket sales, how have they been going? What is still left that if somebody is listening to us and thinks they want to get involved and be a Boise State either season ticket holder or single game or other package, what's, what's out there still? Yeah, there's quite a few out there. We have a... Uh, uh, you know, somewhat of a late arriving um, um, fan base, and 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 that's full. I fully understand it. Um, you know, summer get hectic, and and there's a lot to, a lot of cool things to do in Idaho, and um, you know, and I think a lot of people, um, you know, wait and see. And and what I would tell you is is you're seeing, uh, you know, the the success of of our other programs and and selling out a volleyball match and selling out a soccer match and and you know, I know our season tickets are are up uh, from last year. Um, which is awesome, you know. That's that's exactly what we want, and and I think you'll see a, a run on tickets this week as we head into to UW, and and obviously with UCF um, the following weekend. It is, the expectation is a sellout, and um, UCF's coming in and and another Power Five opponent, and and something that you know we've been looking forward to uh, ever since my first year and first season, and and so I'm really excited to have. You know, 36,500 Bronco Nation members in, in, in our facility and, and fully expecting 5,000-plus students. So the students have been awesome, you know, as we've been, uh, you know, promoting and, and really trying mm-hmm. to, to drive them to the, uh, to the stadium. But, you know, there are a lot of options still out there, and, you know, and, and I would urge, urge people to reach out, and I know our ticket sales team is doing a really good job of, of promoting and, and making calls and, and and one thing we got guys we did this summer that was it was very intentional. I mean we did not take the summer off. I mean we hit the ground running and uh, we went to to Bronco Nation. We went to our community and not just here. We went to Twin Falls. We went to Idaho Falls. We are trying to tell our story at a, in a much different uh, on a much different level right. and, and really trying to take our product to our people. All right, Jeremiah Dickey, Athletic Director of Boise State University, with us this morning. We need to take a quick break when we come back. Talk more about some of the other sports and the year ahead. Jeremiah Dickey with us once again, special edition of Bronco Monday. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk, KBOI. 8.44, once again, special edition of Bronco Monday. It is game week, but uh, today's special edition comes with a special guest, Jeremiah Dickey, Athletic Director for Boise State University, with us this morning. Uh, we've talked a little bit uh, about the stadium and the upcoming beginning of the football season. Let's uh, talk about some of the peripheral stuff, uh, Jeremiah. I'm going to ask you about this, and I don't know how much you know about it or what's being talked about, but it is, over the last month or so, been one of the most talked about things. Uh, let's go to conference uh, realignment. Uh, what are you hearing when it comes to the Mountain West? Um, everything you guys are hearing. You know, uh, it's, uh, you know, early on there was a lot of smoke with what was going on with conference realignment. And, and you have to remember, guys, this realignment's been going on for for quite a while. And, you know, and I, and I think I've I've been pretty transparent and honest that, that, 
uh, you know, specifically our fans don't believe everything you read. And, and I think a lot of that is, has played out. Um, you know, when you look at, at the four remaining in, in the pack, um, I, I have a lot of empathy. That's a tough position to be in. And, and, you know, especially for those athletic directors and, you know, time will tell, you know, this stuff changes, you know, by the minute. And, and, you know, I'm really grateful for our commissioner uh, of the Mountain West, Gloria. She's, she's been outstanding and, and, you know, uh, what I would define as aggressively patient and, and she's very much doing the work and, and, you know, I'm excited to, to see what's next for our conference. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it, it seems to me that a lot is, is, you know, waiting on possibly Stanford and Cal and, and, uh, and, but, you know, like I said, that stuff changes daily right. and it got a little bit quiet last week, you know, in the beginning of the week and started to pick up towards the end of the weekend. And you're hearing a lot out there. And, and I spend a lot of my time just trying to stay ahead of it, you know, uh, calling people in your roles, uh, to, you know, to call in athletic directors and, you know, and at the end of the day, I'm really, I'm grateful for who we are and, you know, and, and I'm at the, I'm at a place of peace and knowing that we can, you know, we're doing everything we can and, and we are controlling what we can control. And, and I'm excited to, you know, to see what this looks like, uh, you know, and would assume that some answers would come here, you know, sooner than later, just because, you know, the 24 season is going to be here before we know it. Right. And, and it's, I think that far in advance, but, you know, there's football scheduling there, there, there's a lot, there are a lot of moving pieces, you know, uh, when you, when you go through decisions like this. And, and so uh, I'm, uh, I'm very optimistic and, and, uh, and think the Mountain West and, and Boise State specifically is in a really good uh, position. I know um, you don't specifically have uh, a lot of input on, you know, what's going to happen as far as realignment. So I just want to ask you one specific question. Do you know, has there been any talks about the possibility of the Mountain West and uh, PAC-4, whatever's left, um, combining? Do you know if there has been talks specifically to do that? Um, I think there's there's been a lot of ideas and, and you know, in uh, conversations taking place on on what opportunities are ahead and, and I, and that is one opportunity and, you know, but it's, it's never, you know, it's never as easy as it seems. There are a lot of moving pieces and, and we've very much empowered Gloria and, and, you know, our Mountain West offices and, and they, you know, have a, a large seat at that table and, and, you know, we're, we're here to support them through that process. You know, uh, uh, a lot of what's, what's out there and, and it has been reported you know, in terms of, of her talking, you know, to, to Washington State and, and Oregon State. And, you know, uh, um, that's all that's at this right. point, that's all I can say that the, the work's being done. The conversations are being had and and, you know, nothing is as easy as it seems. And, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of wait and see and and everyone's, you know, always waiting for that one domino to fall. And, and I think we've been living that for at least since I've been here for two and a half years now. Um, that's, that's what I do is I sit around, I wait for a domino and then I try to figure out <laughs> who's on first again. And, and it just, uh, it never seems to end. Uh, but you know, I, I do think it's going to create some opportunities and, and I'm, I'm bullish on, on where the mountain West sits today and where it will be tomorrow. We've had the NIL for a couple of years now. Has the agreement affected the Boise state sports program in any way and maybe recruiting in general? Um, has yeah, I mean, name, image, likeness—that's that's the future, right? You know, whether we like it or not, and and you know, I didn't get into this industry because 
you know, of that. I, I believe in, in education and, and, and the opportunities that we provide and preparing our student athletes for life. But, you know, I, I do see a path forward where, you know, our student athletes um, will be, will be paid. And, and, um, and I think, um, I think there are a lot of other ADs and leaders out there in our industry that, that believe the same thing. The cat is out of the bag and it's not going back in. And, you know, and we have to figure out how to adapt. And, and I think specific to Boise State, that was our mentality very early on. We did not wait. We, we hit the ground running. We created and defined our own expectations within the rules that were provided. And, and we're going to continue to do that. We've had to pivot a couple times, but I think it very much has benefited us. And, and more specifically, the collective right now. Now, I can't tell you that the collectives are going to be around, you know, for the next five, ten years. But, you know, the collective is, is extremely important to, to us and, and specifically, you know, uh, to football and, and men's basketball and women's basketball and some of our other sport programs. And, and we're doing everything we can within the rules to make sure that Bronco Nation understands that and, and that every dollar counts. And anything that we can do to drive, you know, attention and, and support to, you know, to our Horseshoe Collective and, and Joe Nickel, who you all know and and who's a Bronco through and through and, and just really grateful for, for how he's leading it and, and how we're positioned. You know, we get calls all the time, you know, how are you guys doing this and how are you doing that? Um, that was part of our, our mentality very early on. We're not going to wait for others to define the expectations for us. And, and we very much operate within a power five mentality. And, and, uh, um, and that's something that, uh, you know, uh, my job is to hold us accountable to that. And, and I believe we're living that out in action. Special edition of Bronco Monday, getting you set for the season that begins for the college football part at Boise State on Saturday at Washington. We're visiting with Athletic Director Jeremiah Dickey. Jeremiah, we talked a little bit about uh, some of the changes, uh, upgrades at Albertson Stadium. I know on on Saturday night we had the first game under the lights for soccer, so how did that go, and what other facility upgrades among the other sports are we going to expect to see this year? Well, a lot still, you know, uh, as I said before, we're work in progress, and and there's there's a lot that that is still being finalized as we speak. For example, um, beach volleyball locker room, and you know, uh, upgrades to our volleyball locker room. Um, we're working on our brand assessment, which is going to include uh, upgrades um, and updates, more specifically to to a lot of the logos. I walk around here, and and even in in our conference room. You know, we have chairs with an old logo that we don't use anymore, and, and I keep those around for, as a reminder. We're not a finished product, and we're going to continue to to push forward and, and impact all 18 sport programs and, and 350-plus student-athletes. Uh, soccer lights, it was amazing and, and actually had a little bit of a surprise. We thought they were just going to be LED and turn on and off, and, and you can actually do some pretty cool programming from our, you know, uh, for our marketing team, which they were really excited about. Uh, the crowd was amazing. You know, I, I said that two and a half years ago. You know, uh, we, we need to support all 18 sport programs. It matters, and, and we want to compete at a high level. And, and I envision a day that in, in, in a season we're winning the Mountain West Championship um, across the board in every sport. And, and I see that as realistic. Um, and, and it starts with a belief. And, and, and part of that is the work that our team is putting into creating the best possible fan experience. And I'm really excited for our student athletes. Um, so soccer lights were awesome. New volleyball lights. Um, we, we are getting, we are continuing to move and, and, uh, and that's my promise to, to Bronco Nation. 
Jeremiah Dickey, Athletic Director, Boise State University. Um, thanks for taking a few minutes uh, with us this morning. Love that you're able to take time talk with our listeners. Uh, continued success. Uh, been loving everything you've done since you've come here so far. Um, and once again, that's buttering you up, so you'll come on with us again very soon. <laughs> of course. I look forward to it, guys. Have a great week, and go Broncos. We'll take a break, 8.54. We'll come back. We'll tell you what to expect this week. Once again, it is game week, Boise State, Washington, coming up this Saturday. We've got more on the way next as we wrap things up. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through to us this morning, you can also email chris at kboi.com. Mike at kboi.com. By the way, I will just tell you right now, I have texted our winner for the Chicago concert tickets. So if you're one of the many people, and we got quite a few in this morning, apparently there's a lot of Chicago fans here talking Chicago the band, not the Bears. Yeah, not Chicago. Um, if you text us to try to win your tickets, uh, please text back. Um, uh, oh, look at that. I-, I say it, and we get a text back. Chris Gardner of Fruitland, Idaho. Chris, you're going to uh, get to see Chicago coming up here Sunday night, Idaho Botanical Garden. Chris, congratulations. Don't worry if you didn't win this morning. We have your tickets to see Chicago all week long every morning of this week we'll give you that chance to win them um, for those of you who are going oh it's a sunday night concert i gotta work monday no it's labor day so keep that in mind um three-day weekend this weekend so you can stay out late partying and and enjoying a concert outdoors weather's supposed to be fantastic this weekend and then you can sleep in monday morning just keep listing all this week did you know that the first radio commercial played 101 years ago today today yeah this oh, is actually, let me, wait, let me this guess. This is actually National Radio guess. Commercial. Okay, go ahead. Uh, it was for um, I, uh, septic tanks. No. No? Okay. It was actually for a realty. Real estate company. Yes. Really? Go figure. It was on uh, WEAF in New York City, and it was an ad for uh, Queensboro Realty Company. It was a 10-minute advertisement. <laughs> well, I mean, it, you it was the very... About, it was complaining about our ads. It was the very first radio commercial, so that they didn't have it set to where it was like 30 <laughs> seconds or a minute or 15 seconds or, you know, whatever they're selling now. So basically it was like, okay, 10 minutes, that should be all right. And uh, they paid 100 bucks to be on for 10 minutes in New York City. What? It's $100 a, spot rate? It's a little bit more in New York City now. Yeah, you can pay up to $10,000 uh, commercial in New York City on the radio now, so it's gone up a little bit. Thanks, inflation. Now, if you want to work out a deal with us for 100 bucks, we'll figure something out. Mm-hmm. We'll, we're, we'll work on that for you. You probably won't get 10 straight minutes, though. Uh, last hour, we were talking about something, and uh, we've gotten some emails uh, in on it. it has to do with the uh, new COVID subvariant that supposedly has been uh, out. There's just a handful of those cases. Uh, coronavirus still, of course, going around. Um, you may have noticed or know somebody here in the Treasure Valley who in the last couple of weeks um, has COVID. Um, and then we got discussing the vaccines. 
The CDC tracks a new Omicron subvariant called BA286. So far, there have been just a handful of confirmed cases of the variant worldwide, including at least two here in the U.S. And officials say it appears current testing and medications work against it. Still, President Biden signing off on a proposal to request additional funding from Congress for an updated COVID shot. Officials say the booster should be available by mid-September. The CDC urging everyone to get it. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. I promised we were going to get to this uh, part of the news that uh, we were talking about earlier this morning. You are already starting to uh, see some schools, colleges, um, some businesses starting to bring back mask mandates. Right. Kaiser Perman- it's, Permanente has brought back all mask mandates again. It's it's uh, still kind of slow, but in the past couple of weeks, hospitalizations for COVID have gone up 21.6%, which is quite a bit, and actual deaths have gone up 21.4% compared to what they've been in the past few months. Will you wear a mask? Will you, if you wore a mask the first time, wear a mask this time if you're mandated after hearing this study? A new mask study published by the National Institute of Health suggests that N95, these are the good masks, N95 masks, COVID masks, may expose wearers to dangerous level of toxic compounds, links to seizures and cancer. Surgical N95 mask has been held up to the kind of the gold standard when it comes to protecting against COVID. But a study reshared by the National Institute of Health coming out of the uh, National University in Seoul, South Korea, looked at two types of disposable medical grade masks as well as several reusable cotton masks. The study found that chemicals released by these masks had eight times the recommended safety limit of toxic Volatile Organic Compounds, or TVOCs. Inhaling TVOCs has been linked to health issues like headaches and nausea, while prolonged and repeated use has been linked to organ damage and even cancer. However, the (laughs) study said there are ways to reduce the danger. Exposure can be reduced if the mask is opened and left to sit for at least 30 minutes. If you don't wear the mask for long periods of time. You have to let it breathe like wine. Mm -hmm. Okay. This, of course, suggests that packaging of these masks could play a big role in the amount of chemicals that they have inside of them. Just to be on the safe side, if you order a bunch of masks, uh, take them out of their little packages and hang them in places all over your house you know, that are strategic. <laughs> and and you know, then they'll breathe, and when you put one on, it won't be toxic. Or just hold your breath. When you put one on, also, hold your breath, then you won't be breathing it in also and Also a possibility. Or just... Um, or just you know stay home text message in uh we were talking about this like i said about 45 50 minutes ago um got some text messages and emails in uh, if you want to email or call we have phone lines open right now um you can also email chris at kboi.com mike at kboi.com text message uh, here says how appropriate now every four years there's a pandemic right on schedule open the borders let them in then vote by mail unchecked that's a good plan uh, if you're a Democrat, please pass this on. Meanwhile, crime ravages cartels, infiltrate our society. Where does this stop? Uh, another email writes in, One of these days, uh, you will put all the dots together as to the agenda. COVID stands for Certificate or certificate of Vaccination Identification. We are on the long road to all of us having a chip under the guise of safety. You motivate a populace through fear. 
The chip will start as a Vax info chip and will move into you either need to buy or are you let me read this. You will neither buy nor sell unless you toe the political line. There will be no freedom, no travel, uh, no chasing dreams unless uh, you are the top elite. Doubt me. Read your Bible. It's interesting how uh, reading medical statistics is uh, uh, ruling through fear. But telling people that, you know, cartels are streaming across the border with poison isn't. Biden wants more money for boosters and anything else he can name to put America into such debt that we finally lose our economy, world status, and everything else so we can move into the one world government that everybody wants. It's why we now do two trillion CRs mm-hmm. each year since Bush. It's why we had COVID and COVID stimulus checks. It's why we have open borders with requiring states to care for illegals, not enough room to this, list garbage spending. This, by, this, by the way, is the slowest movement in the history of movements. Um, it's been decades that people have said, oh, yeah, we're heading for a one world government. Well, nothing happened this year. Hey, just you wait. Not surprised, writes in an email, Mike at KBY.com. COVID was an opportunity to get rich scheme and a power grab. It's that, it's that simple. Biden is a paid tool of the pharmaceutical companies. The government lied about COVID. They lied about the vaccines. Hell, they still lie now. There are COVID vaccine commercials on KBOI with interviews of yeah. folks saying they got the vaccine to protect others. Except, as we all know, the vaccines don't stop the virus from, from or let alone protect you from getting it. They want a return of 2020. Uh, to, through 2022, money and power. You know, the other possibility is that it was an actual pandemic um, and that everything you've read about it is, is crap. The question I have, and once again, I'll ask again, see if somebody can answer this, is with the hundreds of billions of dollars that pharmaceutical companies made off the COVID vaccine that we, the taxpayers, paid for, Gave the companies all these billions of dollars to develop the vaccine. So they did that. That's all needed. Fine, great, and dandy. Why is Biden asking for more money now when the profits are just absolutely through the roofs? Shouldn't it be a thing where the government says, look, pharmaceutical companies, we gave you money to develop this. There needs to be more boosters. You have made just gazillions in profit, so put some of that profit back towards making the boosters so that taxpayers don't have to continue to keep funding your profits that's what that's what i don't understand why are we asking congress to approve more money when there is just hundreds of billions of dollars in profits that were made by the pharmaceutical companies that can easily plug that back in Mm. and can and continue to make more money my guess is they won't unless but why why wouldn't they i mean because i mean the mon- there's still money to be made there. Maybe. I mean, unless everybody all of a sudden says, you know what, I'm not going to take a COVID booster shot. Well, if they're going to not take the COVID booster shot, why are we making it anyway? Don't why you, are we giving the government don't giving you think, money? Don't you think there are a large number of people right now who are saying that? So why is the federal government still giving money if they aren't? You can't force people to take the shot, right? Yeah. Because the federal government deals in uh, what they consider to be ideal situations, not real ones. <laughs> that, that may be more true than uh, anything that's said on this show so far this morning. 
208-336-3700, pound 670. Your Verizon Wireless, if you want to get through, if you want to email us, you can do that. Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 920-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Jeff in Nampa writes in, uh, text, Big Pharma will not develop a new booster on its own dime as it's not necessary, so Biden has to pay them to bring back the emergency procedures. Okay, that kind of answers my question of why would we be asking taxpayers to pay for another booster when there's so much money being made by the pharmaceutical companies? That could be an answer. Glenn uh, writes in an email, Mike at KBY.com, the fact that a previous caller earlier this morning stated that Biden and the Democrats providing money for more COVID tests is for political reasons only proves that it is not. If Biden knew that Republicans like the caller and yourself would be chastising them providing, for providing this money, then why would he do it? If only our government would provide more money for things such as cancer support rather than relying on people responding to campaigns from the American Cancer Society, then maybe we would have millions more people alive today. Now, the question is why a president who is a Democrat would do something that would make the Republicans uh, disagree with him? Yeah, I don't necessarily look at this as a Republican or Democrat type thing not really no i mean that uh, vaccines and and covid vaccines supposedly help republicans just as much as they help democrats just because you have a d in front of your main name uh doesn't mean it's not going to help you and just because you have an r in front of your main name doesn't mean you're not going to be able to get it Lori writes in and says when 60 percent of adults and 85 percent of the most at risk over 65 were vaccinated only 2% of hospitalizations and deaths were vaccinated. So of the people who were hospitalized for a long period of time with COVID and the people who died from it, only 2% of them had been vaccinated. So, you know, people say, well, you know, uh, vaccinations didn't help. Somebody got vaccinated and still died. Yeah, 2% did, but 98% didn't. Yeah, and that finally, they, that's what they finally settled on. When they first started the vaccine, it's like, those who get vaccinated will not get COVID. Those who get vaccinated will not give other people COVID and possibly kill them. That's why you have to get vaccinated. And then it finally changed to now we know that it doesn't stop you from getting COVID. It doesn't stop you from infecting other people with COVID. But it, according to the numbers, helps so that you don't die from it or get super sick from it. Billy C. writes in, he says, I bought one of each of Trump's mugshot collection. I hope my purchases arrive soon, but everything is coming via U.S. Postal Service, and we all know what a good job Trump appointee Postmaster Louis DeJoy has done. Hopefully I'll have everything by 2026 when the trials start, as requested by Trump's lawyers that I'm paying for. Mark writes in, uh, Mike, your argument last week about unvaccinated and vaccinated people infected with COVID being treated in hospitals is a specious argument. The amount of hospitalized, vaccinated people was far less. Don't give me that garbage. The reason that I said that was 
just because people chose not to be vaccinated, people were saying, well, those people shouldn't be allowed in the hospital then. They shouldn't be treated if they have a heart attack. They shouldn't be treated because they chose not to be vaccinated. So if you're saying you believe that people who are paying patients of a hospital here in Idaho, that they have less right to be treated in that hospital just because they refuse to get the COVID vaccine, really? You're willing to give the federal government that kind of power over your rights? The power to dictate that if you don't have a medical procedure they deem necessary, one that they mandate that you won't be allowed to pay to receive medical treatment in a public medical facility for another reason? So then should people who are seriously sick when they get the flu and need treatment be allowed to seek and pay for medical treatment of the flu if they refuse to get the flu vaccine? They have a heart attack and they didn't get the flu vaccine and they have the flu. Should they be treated or not? I mean, that's basically what you're saying. What about people who couldn't get the COVID shot because they were allergic? Should those people be allowed to be in the hospitals and pay for the services? Or just only the people that got vaccinated should be allowed to pay for services in hospital. I don't, that makes no sense whatsoever. John writes, tomorrow Biden will hold an event at which he will announce the first 10 drugs that will be part of a new program in which Medicare officials can negotiate with pharmaceutical companies to reduce drug prices. He is emphasizing the cost of health care because it has been one of his administration's biggest priorities. His administration has reduced the cost of hearing aids, reduced the cost of health insurance for people who buy it through an Obamacare exchange, and reduced an array of expenses for Medicare recipients. Gee, if everyone moved to Canada, health care costs would not be a major evil for them. That's John. Mm, it depends on if you talk, uh, who you talk to in Canada uh, about their health, because everybody uses Canada. However, when people in Canada have health problems that they want to get a surgery from, for instance, hip replacement or knee replacement, guess where they go? Come to the United States because they don't have to wait four or five years to get their hip or knee replaced. They can go and immediately have it done here in the United States without being put on a waiting list. So there's good and bad about both. But talk to somebody from Canada. Um, As long as you're not having a serious problem in Canada, it's great because you don't have to pay very much. When you need something really done really bad and it's not necessarily life-threatening, then it's not so great. Then then all of a sudden you're paying money to go to a different state or a different country to get your surgical procedures done. You, you know, actually, that uh, they're bragging of, about the fact that they've got hip and knee replacements down to just six months. Have they? Yeah. Instead of, instead of being instead able of here four, to have instead it Instead of done. four years. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that, does, that doesn't include the, you know, the Northern Territories and places like that, just uh, you know, where the cities are. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Need to take a break. we got news coming up here next. Phone lines are open if you want to get through right now. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com or Mike at KBOI.com. Broadcasting from the Empire Tidal Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 9.34, thanks for listening in. Thanks for taking part. To mention it's very easy to take part. You can call us 208 336 3700. Toll free from wherever you might be listening, 1 800 529 5264. You can email Mike at KBOI.com, Chris at KBOI.com, or you can even text us if you would like. Same as our main number, 208 336 3700. Kevin in uh, Caldwell listening online this morning. Thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. 
Thanks. Good morning to you guys. Yeah, it's still talk radio, so I still call in the talk. Um, I just want to remind everybody not to take their eye off the ball on this whole thing. Well, we argue whether it's Republican or Democrat. Just remember, it's no doubt now where this came from and who created it. China and, and our own bureaucracies with Fauci funding it. And I honestly believe it was released on purpose to get rid of Trump. And the reason I say that is I came back from a vacation in Mexico in 2020, January of 2020. And I got off a plane to change planes in Dallas. At that same time, another plane landed at that international terminal straight out of China with a whole plane full of Chinese people just completely mixing in with us. And that same thing was being repeated all around the world. China knew how bad that thing was at the time. And they, if they cared at all, they would not have let anybody leave their country. But they spread it around the world on purpose. And I believe our bureaucracies are just as responsible as they are. So just don't forget about that while we argue with each other. These, uh, there's bigger, you know, bigger things at play. You can call me a conspiracy theorist, but uh, that's what I believe. All right. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Guy in Mountain Home listening this morning on the uh, app once again. Uh, thank you for listening. You're on News Talk KBI. Good morning to you, Guy. And good morning. I just wanted to add one uh, addenda uh, from a personal experience. I'm diabetic, and I've been on insulin for a couple decades. It used to be, you know, a ten, twelve dollar copay, and when I got on Medicare, it was free for a couple of years. And then two years ago, right before COVID, the uh, copay got up to twelve dollars a month. And then, in a bipartisan move under the Biden administration. Congress and the White House go and do this special pharmaceutical bill that guarantees I'll never pay more than 35 a month for my um, insulin. And I figured when that passed, oh, great, uh, the insurance will cover that part because they were covering $60 before. So guess what my copay now is at the Walmart when I pick up my insulin? How much? $35. So they're making money hand over fist or before insurance was covering part of it. And the $35 is the copay. So my insurance is still paying on top of that. So here's a bipartisan deal where big pharma is, hey, they're investing in Congress and the White House all the time. So it's just their way of making money. So I'm not surprised that the administration is saying, yep, uh, we need more money to give to the pharmaceutical companies to make more money. Well, and so it's not just limited to COVID. Big Pharma is no different than a lot of other big, huge companies and industries. You bet. They have you their bet. they have their paid for lobbyists, and they lobby with you know congressmen and politicians with what what they want to see. This yep. is part of the reason why a lot of people would like to see lobbying become illegal. Never will because you well, know no no yeah. <laughs> too much money. Yeah, <laughs> the people being lobbied would. <laughs> would lose out on that so thank you for the call thank you for the thought, hey, thoughts guy they've changed the price of insulin though that uh if you don't have insurance you can get it for 35 bucks a month too and there are the complaint there is that you know insulin used to be so expensive and the, and the complaint is that the price for the pharmaceutical companies to make it now has fallen to pennies on the dollar now, granted, it's taken years for them to develop, and there's a lot of money that goes into developing and getting approval 
for things, and we'll we'll use you know insulin as an example, right? There's a lot of money that gets invested in that, and as as part of a business, they deserve to make a profit on that because they they were the ones that invested, they were the ones that did all the studies, went through the uh, application process to get it approved by the FDA and doctors and yada yada yada. So they deserve it. But there are people complaining. It's like it costs you pennies on the dollar to make. Why are you charging? hundreds of dollars still still here decades later and i guess the answer to that is capitalism i mean well, the answer you, you to make that, it as much profit as, they, as you can right? the answer to that that they generally give is that making pharmaceuticals involves a lot more than just manufacturing them and gathering the you know, mm-hmm. the materials i mean they, they put an awful lot into research and things like that well and it's not easy to get a, a new drug approved true I, I totally get that. But, you know, the complaints from a lot of people is like, well, wait a minute. This drug has been around for decades, you know, and that's that's part of why you see a certain amount of time before a drug can be sold on the open market. You know, you, you have certain drugs that can only be sold by one company because they hold the rights to that drug before it is opened up for everybody to do after so many years. And then when, when that happens and you saw, you seen this with Viagra for, for instance, um, or similar types of drugs to Viagra where Viagra was first out, the, there was only one company that was allowed to sell it and they could sell that for anything they wanted to. And that's why it cost you $25, $50 a pill. Now you can find it for as little as a dollar a pill, you know, because you don't, you don't have just the one company. It's open mm-hmm. to anybody making it. So now the price goes way, way down. I'm looking at the price of different kinds of insulin for a month. And some of them were as high as like $530 mm-hmm. uh, down to about 126. But yeah, each one of those would end up being 35. Now I wasn't aware that there were people who paid less already and that they were hiked up to 35 that i didn't know about so the the caller it was good that the caller called uh you know because he said his copay used to be like for a while it was nothing once in a while it was 12 dollars, and now it's 35 and and quite frankly i mean you know in talking about generic drugs uh, that's the reason why they don't allow just anybody to make generic drugs for a certain amount of time. That's so that the company can recoup their cost, right? But after that particular kind time comes to an end, um, things like what's happening with people that have to take insulin, you would think that they'd be able to get that for, you know, the $15 or $10 or whatever. Because yeah. And it's the EpiPens was another example. Um, EpiPens, where it takes just pennies to make those EpiPens, and it used to be just very cheap to get an EpiPen for people who yeah. get stung by a bee and have an allergic reaction. And then all of a sudden, everybody got together, all the pharmaceuticals, and started charging $100 or more for an EpiPen. They have uh, something called the Novolog Flex Pen, and uh, even it is $287.34. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be that expensive anymore. Uh, text message in at 208-336-3700 says, maybe Biden is coming from a position of wanting to help American people with the new COVID booster shots. The vaccine did bring us out of a rather deadly pandemic. Not everyone is like Trump, who is vindictive and only wants to help the red states that voted for him. That comes from Joe. Once again, Joe, um, I don't think COVID pays attention to an R be- 
behind your name or a D behind your name. I don't think COVID vaccines work better for somebody with a D beside their name, better than an R beside their name. Um, so I don't know why you're trying to link this, you know, politically. And once again, I, I, I said with what happened with COVID and Trump did part of that too, um, paying the companies taxpayer dollars to develop a COVID vaccine was needed. I totally get it. Cutting uh, the red tape to get it quickly to the market, even though some people might not agree of getting it to the market quickly was such a great thing. My point is now, um, you know, they're making billions and billions and billions of dollars in profit. Why are they not using that profit to build boosters? Because they can still continue to sell the boosters. The boosters, um, according to an article in the Sacramento Bee, um, are going to be selling for around $135 per shot if you don't have insurance. Now, it's still going to be free if you have insurance, but for those people who don't have insurance, they're not, they're, they're not going to get it because they can't afford the $135. If they can't mm. afford insurance, you think they're going to pay $135 to get a COVID booster if they want it? Probably not. Ralph... Uh Right, so he takes uh, exception to something you said. He says, Casper, you are parroting old propaganda. Very few people from Canada come here for health care. Canada's biggest fraud problem is Americans going there for free health care. I only said what my uncle said, who lives in Canada. And he said he wanted knee replacement and said it would take two years to get his knee replaced where he could have it done in a couple of months by coming to the United mm-hmm. States. Now, granted, he had to pay the full cost in the United States because he doesn't have insurance that transfers, but he said, I couldn't wait two years to have my knee replaced. He goes, I could barely walk the way it was, mm-hmm. so it was worth it to me to come up with the cash to pay for like I, surgery. So I'm not, like, <laughs> I'm not parroting propaganda. I'm just talking about a specific person. Like I said, Canada says they have that down to just six months now. <laughs> um and what was, oh, it was 112 days for cataract surgery. I see. Yeah. No, you, you don't yet. <laughs> Denny in Nampa says it's going to be a hoot watching Biden attempt to pronounce the names of those new drugs tomorrow. <laughs> the ones that are yes. negotiable. <laughs> 208-336-3700-pound670 on your Verizon wireless. The uh, stock market continues to be up, not quite as much as it was an hour ago, up uh, 166 now. Uh, so it's uh, had about a hundred points sell off on the Dow here just over the last hour. We've got one more segment on the way. Final chance to get through if you want. If you're on the line, stay right where we're at. I promise we'll get to you coming up after this. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at three. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. Nine forty nine from the Fraser Institute in Canada. Waiting for treatment has become a defining characteristic of Canadian health care. In order to document the cues for visits to specialists and for diagnostic and surgical procedures in the country, the Fraser Institute has for almost three decades surveyed, uh, surveyed specialists and physicians across 12 specialties in 10 provinces. Um, this was as of the end of 2022. Um, waiting time. Ontario reports the shortest total wait time of 20.3 weeks on various wait times for general practitioner referrals and neurosurgical procedures. 
patients wait the longest for that. Um, across Canada, the wait time is about 58.9 weeks. Correct me if I'm wrong. So that's over There's a 52 year. weeks in a year, right? Yeah. Wait time for radiation treatments, 3.9 weeks. Why? Because if you have cancer and you need radiation, if you wait 53 weeks, you're probably going to be dead, right? Or it's not going to do you any good. So the, the most needed procedures are the ones that happen the quickest. Things that, for instance, surgeries that are not needed or are life-saving, elective surgeries like knee and hip replacement, but believe it or not, you may need it to walk, it's still considered elective surgery. And last year they said that the longest wait time, it's been the longest wait time in 2022 than at any other time in history. Part of that could be because of COVID. The wait time last year was 242% longer than it was in 1993 when the average was 3.7 weeks. Hmm. So, yeah, there's still a wait time in Canada. That's causing, that's not me. It's a Fraser Institute in Canada that keeps track and tracks these things. Uh, Marion Caldwell, thanks for being patient, uh, listening online this morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Hello. Hello. Yes, I'm calling because of a conversation that you had earlier about the uh, vaccinations and the mask mandate and why we are paying for all of this vaccination and drug surveys. Mm-hmm. First off, I've had my first vaccination. I have not got a booster because I do have fibromyalgia and my immune system is down very low. I have been in the hospital due to pneumonia and I do agree that we should all be vaccinated whether it's one time or all of the boosters. Um, but I was also a school bus driver during the breakout of COVID and having to try to wear the mask and knowing that you breathe in everything that you breathe out, your carbon monoxide is poison itself. And whether it's uh, the fabric that you buy in the store or in the, hosp- in the hospital grade or regular material now, you still get that carbon dioxide. I cannot wear a mask because I can't breathe. Yeah, got it. And I have no need to wear a mask. I am a school bus aide. And if my children get sick because of COVID, yes, I will have a mask on, but it will not cover my whole face like most people do. I'm sorry the Democrats are that way. I am not that way. Thank you for the call. Appreciate the thoughts, Gary. Uh, Ted writes in, why not wear a respirator mask like firemen would use instead of the masks that don't work? If we're going to do it, then let's do it right. And what about the surface infection? Shouldn't be wearing, we're wearing gloves uh, as well. 
Um, Ted, I don't know if you heard this morning, but a new mask study out is saying that those uh, particular masks uh, apparently have a possibility of having a, a lot of not good things for you to breathe in, TVOCs. Well, one, well, yeah, one, one thing people do, uh, and it's just kind of natural. I mean, you, you get a mask and you wear it, you know, as, as long as you possibly can. But nobody recommends that. They think you should change it every day, sometimes a couple of times a day. Um, it just gets expensive. Yeah, especially if you're buying N95 masks, because those aren't like the cloth masks that just cost pennies. It's about all the time we have for today. Thank you very much for participating. If you want to continue to email, feel free, 208-336, or I'm sorry, chris at kbui.com, mike at kbui.com. You can continue with the emails if you would uh, like. We can get to some of those coming up here tomorrow morning. Also, don't forget, tomorrow morning and all the rest of the week, as a matter of fact, we've got tickets to give uh, to Chicago. Already got one winner today, Chicago the band, not the football team, by the way. So listen in. We'll have another chance for you to win tomorrow morning. or, Or the city in general. Tomorrow is also Bronco Monday on Tuesday. We'll be talking about the upcoming football game against number 10 ranked Washington this coming Saturday.